recording. Yep. <clears throat> okay, it's a CLP. That means you do the introverse. So the introverse? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm the intro. I'm the... I'm, <laughs> get ready. I'm the intro. Spider-Man across the introverse. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's CLP. I, I'm Marshall. <laughs> Can I do that again? Not, nope. <laughs> do keep, again. keep going. Keep going. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it's a, it's a Sunday night. I'm sleepy. I'm I, I'm not Marshall. This is across the Spider Verse, and and maybe we'll mix in a little bit of stuff that, that we've been watching or listening to. Because I'm I'm curious. I'm curious what you've been doing. I've been life, watching a lot of movies. That's <laughs> perfect. Okay, we'll th- we'll throw that in at the end. Okay, we'll save we'll save five minutes. Okay. Okay, and and roll, roll Roll it, roll it, roll it out. like how so we should tell everyone we're doing this remote because mm-hmm. Ben has had his baby we should say like the last thing that everyone heard oh, yeah. is that oh, wow. yeah, oh my god oh my god is that you had to rush out at the end of the Monty Python episode and you had to go and um, help Kate have a child I'm sure you didn't that's do great. much help but you were there and that's good I was awake I was I was helping I was helping with the with the hand holding in the in the positioning yeah. and I was writing I was writing sub plans for the next day at one in the morning yeah. were you like helping with breathing uh, or something um that's what they do in the movies and that's this is like this isn't a thing that we did my no. favorite is in revenge of the sith where padme is having the babies and the robot that is helping her is going yeah Ooh-bah. <laughs> Ooh-bah. <laughs> i'm like what is is that the breathing thing like what it Ooh-bah. Bah. i don't know what that is i think i think i think so it also maybe is like recommending the name that's true doesn't it like say something when something comes out when one name of them this comes one uba <laughs> a boy. Um, oh, boy! Isn't doesn't say like a boy and a girl? It does, doesn't yeah, it? It does. Frank, I should rewatch that movie. I just um, rewatched anyway, it. Anyway, so there was no robot. There were like four different nurses, a couple doctors. It was crazy, man. Um, I uh, there's a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, she's real cute. She's real healthy. Um, what more can you ask for? Am I right? I want uh, ten fingers and ten toes. Yeah. <laughs> and how many does she have? <laughs> ten, ten, and ten. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Uh, so uh, yeah, the, the, it happened. The, I didn't faint uh, or anything. The worst that happened was I got I got well I got pretty nauseous when they put the epidural in, um, which is when they take a little needle and they sh- they stuff it into your spine. Um, uh, so that was gross, and I, I got a little woozy. But but then like freaking like watching my daughter emerge from the womb, I was fine. I was just like saw it all. I was like no problem. Yeah, I don't think so, I could watch. It was like, I, 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 I didn't think I could either. And then it was, I was there and it was like, well, this is, uh, there's, wow, look, there's her head. It's right there. I see it. <laughs> Whoa. So strange. It's crazy. It is a, it is a surreal experience. The whole thing is just like, maybe because you're up for like all night long. Yeah. I, well, no, that's not true. After she got the epidural, we both got some good sleep. So like, I think we slept like three hours at least. So that's I mean, something. We got some sleep. Yeah. Because it was um, 8.30 then, when you left here and then it was yes, 9.30 basically. 9.30, yeah. When, yeah, the yeah, next yeah. morning. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Kate said that her goal was to, to have the baby by the time the Price is Right started at 10 a.m. So 9.30, baby comes out, and then we like, they're like, all right, you got like 30 more minutes if you want to order breakfast. And we were like, okay, so then we ordered some waffles. Yeah. <laughs> we all sat and And Drew Carey serenaded yeah. you. Yeah, and now it's our family tradition. It's true. Really? Do you watch The Price is so, Right in the no, morning with Drew? Uh, now, it's summer break, honestly, yeah, it's on every morning. We should have named her Drew in honor of your favorite television <gasps> host. That would have been really cool. <laughs> or Carrie. <laughs> um, Two female names. I like Drew a lot better. I also do. Um, but yeah, that, well, that's crazy. That's the last time people knew. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's nuts. But yeah, here so been been thriving. Been it's been good. We've been trying to figure out schedules for three weeks. Three weeks removed. So so that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your patience, everybody. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, it's been good. It's been it's been a it's been a crazy experience. We're yeah, we're still trying to find our group a little bit, but it's been summer break. So I mean, I've, I mean that's that's so great. You have time. I, I can't I, I can't imagine being stressed about like I mean honestly, three weeks is probably what most male teachers take when their wives have babies. Yeah. So I mean, I'd be like going back to school right now. So that uh, I can't imagine that. That sounds a lot more stressful. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, so it's been good just to chill and and that kind of thing. Figure out f- figure out how to do this. I love that. So I'm just making it up. Yep. We, we're, we honestly we haven't watched any movies. Sorry, cinema loungers, but we we have been we have been we have been watching through some TV shows. So that's been good. Yeah, I feel like TV is an easier thing. I don't typically watch a lot of movies when I'm laid up or sick or anything. I go back to TV specifically. Like I feel like everybody has a comfort show. And the thing that I love that I pretty much only ever watch when I'm sick is I always go back to Star Trek The Next Generation. Whoa, that's so funny. It's been on TV and I've clicked on it a couple times and every single time I'm like, oh, that was a nice like good. little like beginning to end. There's like a nice little plot. It's, you know, everyone like mostly ends up happy by the end of it. Yeah, it's like, more or less open and shut. Yeah. You get the yeah. like the, the talking through the issue and everything. It's not as action bound as Star Wars or something. Right. It's good. If you have Paramount, you should watch Strange New Worlds. It is so good. Is it, oh, really? Okay. I feel like we talked about that on a couple episodes ago where... Oh, didn't you review... You ranked the Star Trek I did, something. and I talked about it briefly on there. It feels like where Star Trek Discovery and Picard feel like they're trying to be the like gritty action badass version of Star Trek, uh-huh, Strange uh-huh. New Worlds feels like a classic Star Trek TV show in the best ways. And I think actually, I think a new season comes out maybe this week or starts this week or next week oh, yeah cool. I'm, i like it a lot i'm glad that anson mountain is getting something to do after having to be uh black bolt unfortunately what don't worry about it um okay <laughs> yeah it's good to get an update um, I, on the little baby are we allowed to say yeah, her name on the show yeah. or do oh yeah sure noah noah yeah, and, little oh, noah. Hey, noah noah and yep noah and so, yeah is Anne a family name uh-huh yeah my my mom's middle name and then um my part of my sister's first name um yeah oh so they like yeah her her, her middle name anyway yeah long story but yeah Lily Ann. it's her full name yeah it's good yeah it's great it's cool um yeah i'm now in the the point of like debating how much like i want my children on social media or not like, like not them having social media but how much you want to put no, them on social media. them yes, yes exactly whether whether it's me or or i mean like we'll get i'm sure i'm sure we'll get to them having their own social media eventually but now it's like I, i've seen i'm seeing more and more people post pictures of their kids with like their faces covered up yeah on online which or i like think just is kind of vaguely obscured yeah 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 and i mean like for sure influencer kind of people or like creators that i follow do that either they don't post their kids or they like don't have their faces but even like friends of mine have been like covering up a face with like a a, a, an emoji or something Mm -hmm. so anyway i think that's i think if that's the case then i'm just like not gonna post anything you know like i I don't really want to do that that seems silly but also i i think i do feel for the thought of like why do I, I don't know I, I it's almost like a, the only reason I would post would be to like brag about something you know sure. I mean I guess like to like update people but the people that in my life that I want updated know so mm. or they're listening to this episode right now and it's not so, like you spend that, any yeah, real yeah. time on social media in the first place right exactly yeah so yeah I think yeah for me anyway that feels like it would just be I would be happy on just for that so mm. I don't know I think I'll just and I'll who just cares about that little kid, family you know? little thing yeah. <laughs> Hey, she's gonna change the world probably, but uh, but also probably not because realistically, no one changes the world with their lives, only yeah. with their deaths. So mm-hmm. into the show, uh, <laughs> we are talking about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse today. Oh, oh, what? Can yeah, I, can say another. Say, say something again, Ben. Speaking, no, ben, could you please say one more thing? The last episode we talked Monty Python, and we didn't really say on the show. Which is funny. Yeah. The there was a new season. Of, I think you should leave. Um, I think you should leave. Yeah. Which came out, which is sketch comedy, and we should have totally talked about it on the show. We brought up I think you should leave, but we didn't say the news that a new season was coming. Well, I out. I didn't so, know. 
we went on a whole long thing yeah. about the differences between I think you should leave and Python and how one is about like the situation being ridiculous and the other is about the characters taking the situation too far. Uh-huh, and like uh-huh. we went on a whole thing about those two shows and I had no idea a new season was coming out. So I posted so in funny. the Discord like, whoa, guys, check it out. Look at this, this new thing. And it, I watched it and for the most part, it's really solid. I liked it a lot. Yeah, the the I watched through it. I I, I binged through it with a couple of friends. Yeah. So it was it was a fun way to a fun way of doing it. Was just watching the whole season in like I don't know two hours or something like that. Because yeah, there were like how long the runtime is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not too bad. So um, anyway, yeah. So everybody go watch. I think you should leave season three. Skip skip episode one if you're. I, I say that was my least favorite. Also, there's no episode numbers. <laughs> it's just if you went back to season two yeah. and then went up one episode, the first one I would skip. Interesting. It just wasn't as funny as the other one. Maybe come back to it after you're in the in a giggly mood. I would say, do it. We'll watch them all. Like, go ahead and watch. they're not very long. Fine. Whatever. I think my do favorite it. quote from any of them is from mm-hmm. he does several of the infomercial type things again. Uh-huh, I love uh-huh. those. I think that's probably the thing that he excels at the best, uh, or at least it's the format they've gotten down the best. I think my favorite one is the one for the doggy door. <laughs> <laughs> where so like the good. animal comes in or the creature comes in and my favorite <laughs> quote from that is my life is everything I feared nothing I hoped it would be and everything I feared it would be because I believe <laughs> monsters were real for 50 seconds <laughs> that one has some good one-off quotes in that bit it's so good, so good. The, one that, the one that I've been quoting the most out of context has just been saying uh, you're just here for the zip line <laughs> yes so good. <laughs> so and you get a good. very classic Tim Robinson. What? what? In that one. Yeah. And then the very classic, like the final bit. Uh, the, I think the funny thing that you brought up in the episode, the last episode, was that sketch comics are bad at closing storylines. Yeah. Because the usually because the bit can just end, and that's okay that it just ends. The end of that the zipline bachelor spoof was was him was the the bachelorette saying, "I think you should go home," and then Tim Robinson just going. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah, oh. it's very <laughs> which, good. Which just reminded me of your quote that that sketches can just end, and it's funny, dude. It's so <laughs> Whereas good. Whereas in a movie format, it's a little different. Well, I think it, the uh, last note on. I think you should leave before we move on to Spider Man. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's interesting how that show often the sketches go on just long enough that they stop being funny and they just become really sad, and then yeah. it becomes <laughs> funny again, and then it ends. Yeah. Yep. Wow, that's a good point. It's very good. <sighs> good stuff. Ghost Mansion sketches is my favorite, probably still. <coughs> I don't know if I've seen that one. We'll have to watch it. It's very good. Okay. It is Perfect. one of the most overtly, um, verbally vulgar of the entire series. Perfect. Yeah, love it. Speaking of which, Spider-Man. Uh, uh, welcome everyone to Spider-Man Across the, the Spider-Verse, the sequel to the hugely beloved Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This one released in 2023. Uh, written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, as well as David Callaham, uh, who, as far as I can tell, the only other thing that he's really written is the other Spider-Verse movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Or, like, he worked on that. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm getting that one incorrect. I think I'm getting confused. Don't worry about it. I don't remember what else he did. Forget about what I said. Daniel Pemberton did the score, as he also did for the first one. The thing that I know him from the most is the score for the Little Big Planet games. As well mm. as The Man from Uncle, Steve Jobs, uh, the one with Michael Fassbender, not Jobs, with Ashton Kutcher, Yesterday, Birds of Prey, Trial of the Chicago 7, The Bad Guys, and a lot of other stuff. He's pretty prolific. Um, cinematography, not quite relevant necessarily. I would rather point towards the art department, and the, the visual effects department. Also, visual effects, not as relevant because it's an animated movie. But uh, then you have directed by... Joaquim, I'm going to try to get all of these right because this is this is an interesting name. So if I get it wrong, I'm sorry. Joaquim Dos Santos, who has mainly done other like DC animated projects and then uh, directed like 12 episodes of Legend of Korra. Kemp Powers, who is one of the two directors of Pixar's Soul, is his only other directing outing. And then Justin K. Thompson, who it seems like this is his only uh, directorial outing. And starring... Shamik Moore as Miles Morales, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy, Brian Tyree Henry as Miles' dad, Luna Loren Velez as uh, Miles' mom, Jake Johnson as Peter B. 
Parker, Oscar Isaac, Miguel O'Hara, the Spider-Man of the year 2099, Jason Schwartzman is the spot, Daniel Kaluuya is Spider-Punk, Issa Rae is uh, Spider-Woman, or this version of Spider-Woman, uh, Karan Sony is um, the uh, Paviter Pavarkar, the Indian Spider-Man, also the cab driver from the Deadpool movies, and uh, Shea Wiggum, I didn't realize, is Captain Stacy. And that's kind of the cast there. Ben, do you want to read us the yep. synopsis of the film from the IMDb? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so here we go from the IMDb page. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse, which we learn about in the first movie, yep. where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence, it being the multiverse. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. Now, from the IMDb uh, summary and this is what I was thinking maybe going to the movie is like oh a multiverse where the superheroes are arguing about how best to handle it or go forward I was a little worried that it was going to turn into like a weird civil war type thing mm -hmm. where it's like we can't agree oh we're all splitting up and we're fighting each other two spider um, factions yeah yeah and, and it doesn't feel like that which is which I, I thought was, was really fun um, going into it Marshall, what was what were your thoughts and feelings? Because I feel like, for some reason, this movie it almost feels like a surprise right now. Like the way that everyone's talking about it, um, it's like people are. It's almost like shock, shocking that it's top of the box office that is doing so well. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's how the media is portraying it. I feel like that's how a lot of people I've talked to have felt about it. Like pleasantly surprised, maybe. What what were your feelings going into it? I don't know. I was really apprehensive about it because I loved the first one so much. I think that it, mm -hmm. it Into the Spider-Verse very rightfully earns its place as one of, if not the best superhero movies ever made. Because it's just so incredibly put together. It's a vastly better portrayal of Miles Morales, a character I already enjoy, than it is in the comics or even in the Insomniac video game. Like, this is definitively the best version of Miles, and I don't think anyone would argue with that. I think Brian Michael Bendis the creator of Miles Morales would agree with that. And I, I there's just a very high, hello, little kitty. There's a cat. Get out of here, cat. Let's get out of here, cat. That darn cat. Classic film from the 60s. We should talk about that on the show. Um, the <laughs> There is, there's just a very high expectation coming off of that movie, which made me more nervous than anything, especially because Lord mm -hmm. and Miller were not directing this one like they did the first one. They were only writing and producing. So, the direction could have gone a very different direction. Ha, whoops, <laughs> pun. Um, but now seeing who directed this movie, especially seeing Kemp Powers, who was one of the co-directors of Soul, like I can really see where the, the I'm not gonna say, I almost said the, the Norman Osborn word, uh, where the, the soul of the movie, I'll choose a different thing, where the, the soul of the movie really comes from him, I would say, and it's just, it really, really works for me. I, th I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I kind of guessed the overall plot based on the trailer of forever ago. I pretty much figured it out to a T what it was yeah. going to be around, even kind of the twist of, of the whole thing. Yeah, I guess that's, that is one thing that it, it wasn't, uh, there weren't many twists that weren't in the trailer telegraph i mean it was like 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 the, the the conflict was pretty much there yeah. the whole time yeah like you know based on the trailer that miles is going to have to make some kind of a choice but you don't know what it is mm -hmm. i i'm the cool guy and i figured out what it is so that's my little prideful moment but i i think that this movie very much lived up to my expectations in the way that it it continued this story where the first mm. one is very open and shut and you could end it there and then this keeps that moving like there's more to do in this world and they, this movie has been compared to the empire strikes back they've talked about it as the empire strikes back of this trilogy essentially so i mean you go into this if you know that it's a two-parter knowing that it's going to be like that there's going to be some kind of cliffhanger and i was getting closer and closer to the end of it and getting more scared of like it i didn't want it to end 
because I was like, there's so many mm. cool things happening and they're building up so much interesting tension and it keeps getting cooler and cooler and all these characters are getting deeper and more interesting and the world could have gotten so convoluted, but it's just getting more interesting and more deep. And it, I didn't want it to end. I like, I cannot wait for the next one because like this is what I was telling mm. you after the movie, my rating for the movie is going to change depending on what happens in chapter three because that is going to define retroactively how well this movie plays because if all these things get set up that go nowhere that's going to stain this like when i watch the force awakens and i all i'm thinking when i watch that movie is all this wasted potential everything that could have been and then the next movies just take it a different direction so i really think i i personally really really liked this one it's obviously yeah. not open and shut like the first one, so I wouldn't personally rate it as high as that one just because I don't know yet. But I still really, really loved it. I think I think the between the two, if you were to rate anything higher, or the the thing that that I think could be an argument about against what you just said is that they take the art from the first one, the animation style from the first one, and just knock it out of the park again yes. and i think it exceed that animation yes like like i think i think the animation is better in this one than it was in the first one more ambitious mm -hmm. um and so I, I think that was something i was interested in going going into the movie was is it going to be the same is, is it just going to be you know are they going to up it and I, I think they did up it do you agree with that 100 percent like okay. in the first one, they talk about how they have these different animation styles kind of mixing together with Spider-Ham and with Penny Parker being more anime style and even drawn differently. Like she's more two dimensional than the rest of them. And the same thing with Spider-Ham is more visually cartoonish in the way that he moves and everything is more cartoonish. I, I You get the sense of that, but it's never super obvious. And part of that mm. is just trying to keep it not jarring for the audience. But in this one, different characters from different universes and they go into different universes are animated completely differently they look visually completely separate and it is really interesting hmm. the way that like um Paviter looks completely different in his animation style and uh mumbai new york i can't remember yeah. what that's called looks completely different than <clears throat> spider punk who I was talking to some of my artist friends, like Spider-Punk has lit up the artist world and everything. And we're talking about it, and I'm talking about how, like, for me, he was almost a little too much. And it fits the character, how brash and over the top he is visually, but it, can't, it got to a point for me where he was almost hard to track visually. Hmm. And then it calmed down later, but man, just such cool designs, everyone across the board. There's, uh, at one point you see Spider-Man Unlimited from the cartoon, Spider-Man Unlimited, and he's animated smoothly like a 2D animated cartoon from the 90s. You see yeah. Josh Keaton's Spider-Man from Spider the Spectacular Spider-Man, and he's animated kind of in the same way. And it's like really interesting seeing these different styles come together. Yeah. Also, twice? Oh, uh, are we in spoilers or not? I think we wait on spoilers. I know what you're going to talk about. And I think that I hate it. And I think that you like it. The, okay, can we do spoilers then? Let's okay. go through the categories and then we'll move okay. on to spoilers. I have a note about okay. that other specific different kind of universe that appears several times. Yes, okay. That thank you. I yep, found okay. very jarring and yeah. didn't like it all. And that's my yeah, main... Okay detractor of the movie um we'll talk about <laughs> script for a minute here i thought this one was super well written dives mm -hmm. into the relationships of these characters so deeply the contrast between miles and his dad and gwen and her dad is mm -hmm. really interesting and i loved how yeah. especially how captain stacy was written because he's not just some mm. policeman like he is in the comics where he's just some stereotypical well we're all about the law and we're gonna get the spider-man because that's what we do like he's a dad and they've written him so well and i i have to think that lord and miller and mccallum or not mccallum the callaham are all fathers i don't know if that's true yeah i think i think something that is is a timeless thing for spider uh, for spider-man is that he's a teenager and he's struggling and, and working through teenage <coughs> emotions and sure. and um i think that they write that really well and and give i think it's hard to pull off and so i think to be able to 
to write that into the script um, across the multiverses that everybody has daddy issues or you yeah. know like <laughs> um, without it or being super cringe or whatever you want to, yeah right yeah mm -hmm. it's not like um, watching Avatar 2 and the characters are calling each other bro and, and cuz constantly like just yes, stop yes. like no one talks yes. like this yes exactly yeah yeah I think that like pop culture wise it it does blend seamlessly um and that's so that's really interesting yeah you're right it's relevant without being overtly over the top or like you know when when the soundtrack for this thing goes to the top of the streaming because there's legitimately good songs in it yeah, like it's I think just that, like the first one that feels yeah exactly yeah and you know that that's something we were saying a couple episodes ago with air where air didn't have a score they just used um like licensed music yeah. and this movie something i noticed part way through was that it really s seamlessly blends the score i mean the score is really really effective Fantastic. um and and they also blend in like pop music licensed music with that really well so i guess I, i've just moved on i've segued us from script to score that's but. fine well i think the score is um, really good and i think that what you're saying there about compared to air the reason i think it works so well is because it's about the characters and it's not mm -hmm. about just look it's in the 80s it's not about the setting it's about the character and their motivations. It's so like Miles, you get a lot of hip hop and rap that's playing, and then Gwen, you get other stuff, Ooh. and then uh, Hobie, you get the other stuff as well. The, the theme when, uh, what's his name, Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler? Uh, is the that, next no, man? what's his name? No, what's his name? Frick. Prowler? What's his uncle? Uh, Prowler, thank yes. you. Like the, the Prowler theme. Um, like repeats in this movie. Oh, and every and time it's so you're, good. You're like, you're like, ooh, uh, that's the thing. Oh, what's it? Oh, he's right there. Oh, my. You know, like, yeah. like, yeah. I think, which I think, I think, when the theme can be tied into the characters, like you said, it's it's really effective. Well, and Miguel's theme is really cool too because it Miguel, the Spider-Man of 2099, he is like my alarm's been going off. I hope that wasn't count caught on the video or whatever audio. Ah, um, because he's like, I heard it so no. Weird. But he's he's yep. the Spider-Man of the future, so he has a much more electronic theme song, and it's more like synthy and, and wailing and cool like that. And I think something that's really cool to note about that one is that it actually samples the theme song from Spider-Man Unlimited, which is a show that was originally supposed to ah. be a Spider-Man 2099 vehicle, and then it got changed late in production. And it only went for one season. It was super weird. Um, but it, you can really see the influence of 2099, even on the costume of that version of the character. But it, that synth that is the main part of the Miguel theme song is the same as in, it's the same sound as the uh, Unlimited theme. And mm -hmm. like everybody go look that up really quick. And it's, it's really, it's really cool how they've kind of got that connective tissue there. Because you also see Spider-Man Unlimited in the movie, like I was talking about earlier. But the score mm -hmm. is fantastic. It's the same like uh, as the first one, What's Up Danger, being so perfectly inter interweaved, interwoven um, with the actual score by Daniel Pemberton, which is so good. It just flows so well. And it, it just, I, 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 I don't know, like it's just so good. And I could talk about it forever and it would get boring because it's just all I have to say is good things about the score. Mm. I just, it's just, it's emotional and when it needs to be and it's quiet when it mm. needs to be and it's different for different characters. The whole opening of the movie is backstory for Gwen and it's really good. Yeah. Even like mm. we can move on to cinematography here. The visuals in the whole movie are incredible, but in Gwen's universe, it looks exactly like her comic books. And that mm. is so oh, cool. The color palette is really interesting. There's a gorgeous shot of her standing in her bedroom and her dad in the doorway. And there's these clashing uh, hot red colors over by her dad and cool colors by her. And then it, it's just beautiful because you've got this conflict that they're having visually depicted. And then she goes to give him a hug and suddenly all the colors come down to these cool colors. And it's just amazing mm -hmm. visual storytelling and you get that through the whole movie colors telling yeah. the story of the universes of the different kinds of characters and the universes they come from the da vinci universe yeah. is all in sepia tone like it's drawn by leonardo da vinci that was a wild moment yes. yeah that was that was nuts um i think that that's also something we didn't get as much in the first one mm -hmm. so i think that was almost jarring to me i i 
there was this, so it starts off with the backstory for Gwen, um, and that's the kind of the like you were talking about the animation style, the colors, all that. And I, for some reason, big dumb was like, oh, interesting. That's like the route they're taking this movie. This is like the <laughs> art style. They're I can taking. see how you would think and that. And then it, and then it cuts to Miles, and it's almost, it was almost like a, ah, uh, like I almost like felt relief of yeah. like. Oh, it's normal. Or <laughs> like a little bit of like, oh, okay, this is like what the last movie is like. Like it's almost like home base. Like, yeah. oh, like back to a more a more realistic um, art style. Anyway, yeah, it was just an interesting experience I had. Yeah, when I mean, and all the other universes look completely different as well. Even mm-hmm. like the future universe that, or whichever one that Miguel's area is. I don't know what that is. But like that's all like shiny and futuristic, and it looks like um, Alderaan, as seen in the End of Revenge of the Sith, and then in the Obi Wan show. Like, it's it's very all of the different worlds are really cool, and then the other world that is kind of a dark reflection of uh, Miles's main world is also very interesting, specifically in comparison mm-hmm. to that, which we can get more into later. But yeah, for the, sure, there's just a few uh, shots that really just killed me, and there was that the one with Miles, no, not Miles, with. Uh, Gwen and her dad and then with Miles and his dad after the whole fight scene at the beginning and they're standing over the construction site and the way that they showed like the rippling of the um, gosh like tarp material or whatever it is over the top of the construction site was just beautiful there's so many Mm. beautiful beautiful shots in this movie it's gorgeous Uh, can I double back on something for a moment Okay, you actually cool, hated thanks. the movie. So, fr- no, from so from the fr- from a story perspective, mm. what do you think about the stakes in this movie? Um, like, like uh, in terms of moving on from the first movie to now the sequel, are the stakes too high, just right? Um, in terms of like what's at stake or motives for the bad guy like that kind of thing right like we've got we had like a, a thing in in the marvel movies where it's like all right we've we hit we hit the, the saving the world a little too early and now we've got four movies in a row mm-hmm. where we're saving the world every time or like the motives of the bad guy it's like oh really like that's like we just saw a bad guy like three movies ago who who is the same thing you know or whatever yeah. like like what do you think about that for for this one I think that it works well. I think, like, you, you find out very early on the spot, the somewhat main villain. He is, uh, he worked at Alchemax and he was there when Peter and Miles broke in in the first movie and he got his powers through an accident with the collider and everything like that. So he sees himself as Miles's arch nemesis, but he's kind of a joke, just like he was originally in the comics before he kind of gains more understanding of his powers and becomes genuinely like kind of terrifying and super menacing. And Jason Schwartzman did an amazing job going from just like goofy, silly Wes Anderson, Jason Schwartzman to full on like evil terrifying anime villain level like Jason Schwartzman Mm. and it's he might be my favorite performance in this movie like just because of the sheer range there that he was able to portray the the unsettling nature of his character towards the end of that and his plan to basically like blow up everything I guess is I mean a little stereotypical but I think the stakes here are for Miles, it's not as much about the whole world as it is about protecting his family and everyone he loves, and that's what is matters to him, and that's the stakes for him, and I think that's why it still feels somewhat grounded to me, even though mm. we're talking at times about, like, the multiverse will get destroyed, and it will destroy every part of the whole universe, and whatever. Like, that doesn't mean anything yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. But we still have these emotional also, connections also, that I hold think, us all I in. Think, I think that is help helped by the fact that miles doesn't really care that much about the multiverse. Yeah. Like his motivation is not to hold the multiverse together. His motivation is to save his family, to save, you know, his world, to save a relationship with Gwen, you know, that sort of thing. So, so I think that that assists in that feeling a little smaller. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, he's 16, maybe 15, 16. Like Hmm. he doesn't have, this concept of worldwide stakes beyond himself really and i think we're getting that great power great responsibility thing 
in this movie. Like, we got the whole leap of faith in the first one, and now we're getting, they talk about canon moments. That, like, the way they use the, the terms of the industry in a very meta way within the movie is really fun and yeah. cool to me. And talking about canon moments, referring to um, issue 90 of The Amazing Spider-Man and stuff like that. Really interesting ways to all hold that together. Miles doesn't care about any of that. Like the context of all that doesn't matter to him, as it doesn't at one point to another Spider-Man in this movie, until suddenly things go horribly wrong when a canon event doesn't happen the way it's supposed to. And like you get into ideas of free will and stuff like they talk about in Loki with the TVA and who, right. who is deciding all of these things and why are they the arbiters of this and is there really rules to this or is someone doing something behind the scenes like there's all kinds of questions that are introduced with the way that this spider society is running things that I'm really excited to get into and we will in the spoiler zone but I think the <laughs> last thing that we have to get into here is just performances like Shamik Moore's again amazing as Miles Morales. Haley Steinfeld is really good as Gwen Stacy. I think it's the best that I've ever seen her in anything. Like, she's fine in Hawkeye. She's fine in everything else that I've ever seen. She's so good as this character. Brian mm. Tyree Henry, uh, the same thing. I don't love him as an actor, but he's fantastic as Miles' dad. The Luna Lauren Velas, I've not seen her in other things, but she's really, really good as um, the Puerto Rican mother here. Like the, the Latin roots are very much there and I've lived in that world for however long and I can see all those things played out very naturally and very authentically. And it's fun yeah. like being better at Spanish now than I was when I saw the first one. The amount that his parents are in this one compared to the last one, how much she switches back and forth between English and Spanish like you would in a home like that. And I'm understanding yeah, yeah. all these things that she's saying and it's very it's very interesting. Like I'm getting the full context of their relationship and I feel like some of those things are lost on other people, but hmm. it's very well done. Hmm. I wonder what casting looks like for a movie like this yeah. and how to do it well, especially with this many people that are well known from other things. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking of like, the way that Disney has like butchered some voice acting casting. Yeah, because they're recently. like, we're going to get a super famous person, and then that's right. going to get and, adults into the seats, and kids won't which care. Is, yes, which is so interesting because it's not like there aren't famous people in this. Um, they're super you know, famous. I mean, Mahershala uh, Ali I mean, uh, is in yeah. this and the last one. So, I mean, like, how do you... I'm just curious what what it looks like, like you were saying, with some of those people where you're not a huge fan of their work acting, but this voice acting, yeah. they're pr really, really great for these roles. Um, so I wonder I wonder what that process was like. I think it helps that Lord and Miller come out of animation and that Sony has probably given them a very, like, long leash to do basically whatever they want. And that's allowed mm. them to probably get really deep into a casting process that perfectly chooses the right person for all of these different roles. Mm. And like you are getting like genuinely great actors in here, but it's like it's such a different skill than face acting. Voice acting is mm. so different because you have to portray all of these things just with your voice. You don't have your physicality to do all of that with. The voice performance comes first and then the animators come to that afterwards. So you have to portray all those things and you have to really know what you're doing with that. And it's not easy, but everyone in this does a really good job. I think maybe the weakest performance would almost be Oscar Isaac, but he's still really good. Yeah, I think well, it's also like the role is kind of a angsty, emotionless it is. person. So how, so... Do you, how do you do that really you know, other than the way that he did it? Like, I'm not, I don't think he did a bad job by any means. But just compared to everybody else, who I think is stellar, yeah, like yeah. him and Issa Rae probably were the mm. weakest links here, but still very mm. good. Shea Wiggum is a character actor, so he did fantastic as Captain Stacy. Karan Sony was basically just playing the same character as in Deadpool. Oh, it was great. He's so I, he was very funny. I think voice acting and all, and also the writing. I think the comedy works really well yeah. in this movie. I, I think I was laughing throughout, and it wasn't. It wasn't over, overdone. It wasn't a uh, this is superhero movies are funny now. Welcome to Thor Ragnarok yeah. or whatever. Like this, this felt genuinely funny and quick, and yeah. uh, it really worked. For, 
And I think that's earned because it's Spider-Man. Like, this is a character mm. who is meant to be kind of funny and silly and jokey, regardless of the universe. Most of these guys are somewhat silly and goofy and whatever. Like, it's very mm. in the bones Which of the character. Which is also why when you see... Um, Oscar Isaac's character, you're like, whoa. Why is he this different? This is weird. Yeah. All the other Spider-Men are pretty lighthearted. The cunning warrior attacks neither body nor mind. Tell me how! The heart, Osborne. First, we attack his heart. Did happy-go-lucky, yeah. like, cracking jokes, but yeah, yeah. Which even somewhat fits that version of the character in the comics as well. Miguel is a much more serious character in the books. Hmm. And then I love, they kind of lampoon the more serious eras. They go into the Clone Saga, jokingly at one point, where they, with uh, hmm. um, Ben Riley, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man of the 90s. Where yeah, what was that? What was that? Because that was uh, Andy. It was Samberg, Andy Samberg, which yeah, I didn't realize yeah, yeah. until afterwards. He so that came out of a whole. There was in the '90s. There was the Clone Saga, which was this whole thing that went on for vastly too long. Oh. That was like, there's clones of Spider-Man that are being made by this guy called the Jackal, and it was, who's a clone and who's the real Spider-Man, and are you Peter Parker? Or am I Peter Parker? Who's real? And I'm gonna become a different. I'm a dye my hair blonde, and I'm gonna be Ben Riley and everything. And it's just very serious because it's the '90s <laughs> and it's over the top, and that's why he was drawn like that because that's the way he looked in the comics, and it's just very gotcha. like '90s stupidity, and everyone kind of hates the Clone Saga. Um, it was much better done in the Ultimate books, but it's just a bad time to, as, to be a Spider-Man fan. And gotcha. So I, I enjoyed them making fun of that. Some people really love Ben Riley. He's become a much more interesting character since then. So there were some people on the internet who were very upset about his portrayal. But I'm like, no, like this is, <laughs> this course. is they're they're doing something very specific. And if you don't get it, then you're the stupid one here. Um, nice. So deal with it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I I really love this movie. I uh, before we move into spoilers, I'm just gonna say easily like yes, like go see this. Mm -hmm. If you loved the first one, you're gonna really enjoy this one as well. Yeah, go see it. Go see it in the theaters. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why everyone had such low expectations. It, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess I I guess I get it. I get that it's like superhero movies haven't been performing well. Yeah. It's another one. It's a sequel. Um but it just it totally makes sense it's it's great on so many levels it's a kids it can be a, it's a family movie yeah it totally can be um <clears throat> the animation's awesome story's fun um i don't know i don't know why there when people weren't hyping it up more i think it's it, honestly for me it's because it was the first one was so good and i was so mm. more worried than anything that it wouldn't live up to that and I think it really mm. did in its own way. It's so shocking because the first one did the exact same thing. Like it's just deja vu all over again. Yeah. Like, oh, Spider, Spider, Sony Spider-Man does it again. Mm. Like, here we are. The first one, no one thought that was going to be the hit that it was. It's like, why so, are we not making more animated yeah. superhero movies that are feature yeah, films? Dude. And now we are. Dude. Like, we have the TMNT movie coming out in a few weeks, which looks yeah, amazing. That looks great, honestly. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm about that. I'm very excited. I'll about go it. see that. I'll go see that before I can see Flash. If I'm being honest, I respect it. I will watch both of them because we I do a podcast. But <laughs> uh, let's get into spoilers in three, two, okay, one. So James Bond, yep. yes, James Bond dies at the end. I'm so glad you started with this. Yeah, it's really upsetting, and I it came out of nowhere. Um, it's important for people to know. It's very important. Also, if I'm looking down a lot, it's because I'm actually just been untangling my cord while I've been talking. Okay. I'm so sorry. No one can see. I just realized. I just. I just realized that you probably think I haven't been making eye contact with you because I don't like you, but it's because because my cord is all all messed up. That's okay, buddy. Sometimes your Thanks. cord is messed up and you got to work on it. Yeah, that's what happened with my daughter. Oh, oh. it fell right. Fell right off. That's good. Should yeah, we talk about you. the live action stuff? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Okay. Back to that. Sort of circle back. Um, you didn't like I the really live action didn't stuff. Like it? I th I think the first time it happened, that was good. It was it was good. I think the childish Gambino slash Super Donald Glover slash. Um, I think that one didn't didn't work for me as well. That that turned into like what like now we're into like some weird weird weirdness some weird kid movie i don't know yeah there was a few parts like I, they're expanding this universe and they're having a lot of alternate spider-man and stuff so you get cameos uh, and it felt yes. a little out of place some of these cameos the, uh, the other piece 
was the one that was interesting wasn't it wasn't even a cameo it was cutting to different multiverses and you saw andrew garfield spider-man yes going through and the Toby same Maguire. thing and to, oh that's right it, but the the thing it felt so much like uh okay those are the ones you have the rights to show like i couldn't help yeah, but there was no Tom the Holland. world yeah and that's all i could think about was real world who owns the rights to spider-man which really that part took me out of it yeah like there's um, no way that marvel studios yeah. would have signed off on having donald glover come in here in his cw level prowler costume right like that is a hundred percent sony yeah exactly so that 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 didn't work the idea i get the idea i get what you're trying to do i get that like for some people out there who need that story connection of like oh yeah that happened in the movie mm. i don't read the, i don't read the comics <sighs> i think it, it, it the the first one with it was the lady from the bodega in the venom movie I think yeah, that uh-huh. one worked pretty well yeah, because of the so way too. that Spot, his visuals also kind of changed when he went into that universe. So I think yeah. I think that to some degree, the characters have to visually slightly look differently when they're in another place because that's the only way that it's not going to be too jarring. And But then also, she's not a good actress. Like So that kind of broke that down for me. <laughs> and if that had been the only one, then I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting and funny. And... But then Donald Glover's there and they focus on him for like a little bit too long when it's like, it's a little gratuitous and it's like, we got Donald Glover here. We have to put him in the movie. Right. And the same thing, like the Insomniac Spider-Man is there at one point in this you, spider It thing. seemed like you liked that one when it happened. Your um, first reaction, you were kind of hyped. Well, my first reaction that I was hyped about was when Ganky was playing Spider-Man 2 on oh his that's thing. right okay when yeah. spider-man from the insomniac games shows up in the citadel or whatever they call it that felt a little goofy to me like his animation felt really stiff it's yeah. like this is very well, strange and then it, it also very much so feels like you're like okay like who's making the rules for this then like it like it it leads to so many weird things within how the multiverse like yeah rules wise works for me like so uh, if the if the video game gets to be in here, then uh, do you know what I'm saying? Why that's like unsettling from yeah. from like this from this from a from a this is how the multiverse works point of view. Like you're very clearly at that point saying like this is created by somebody outside of the multiverse. Yes. This is all created by like the multiverse isn't real anymore. Which it's, it's, it's now it's all a story. There's, I, there's, like, there's certain by, parts of that where it gets really meta that I kind of like. Like I like the idea in comic book worlds that the comics of the Marvel universe are the DC comics that we read and the comics of the DC universe are the Marvel comics that we read. It's like they'll make uh, these references to like Batman and Superman in Marvel comics as fictional uh, characters even though they have uh-huh. actually met in canon. Like, those, those universes have, cro- have crossed paths before. But they okay. do uh-huh. similar meta things to that in this movie, like when the Spider-Man video game is being played. So presumably, like, this real reality of this thing is someone else's video game in another reality. And if we're talking infinite multiverses, then I guess that that's in, uh, bound to happen. But then also, sure. like, they use some industry terms at points. Like, uh, there's... There, when they're trying to catch Miles, one of the characters that's on his side or something, grabs something out of thin air, and they're like, crap, he's got hammer space. So, and they do ah. the little blurb next to the thing, like a comic book box, uh, to, explaining yes. very uh-huh. briefly what that is, and it shows up very, very short time, so I'll explain it for anyone who didn't catch that, but hammer space or mallet space in illustration and in this kind of world is this kind of in-universe explanation for how cartoon characters like the Looney Tunes can pull a mallet or something silly like that just out of seemingly nowhere. It's this extra dimensional pocket that these characters like jokingly, like we joke like that Bugs Bunny is some fifth dimensional being who has a a pocket dimension that he can pull Acme products and stuff out of that. It's just like a a kind of an in-universe joke, but they use that as an actual term within their world, which is kind of fun. I, I did yeah. like how they did those little pop-ups at times. Like, they explained Cockney rhyming slang at one point, which I thought was kind of yeah, funny. Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I caught that because I watched way too much British television, but I thought it was funny that they explained that for normal people yes. who aren't freaks like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, yeah, they did a lot of that, which I found entertaining. But, yeah, I mean, just the, the live-action stuff we were talking about, 
yeah. it just fell out of place to me. Some of the cameos fell out of place mm-hmm. to me. Even like Josh Keaton's spectacular Spider-Man shows up in that moment when they're all trying to tell Miles, like, you gotta chillax, dude. Like, it has, goes through. everyone goes through it, and he's one of the characters that specifically steps up. And it's voiced by Josh Keaton, and he steps up and is like, Miles, you know, you just gotta blah, 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 blah. And it's it's just kind of weird because it's not like it's someone that he knows previously. It's just another Spider-Man, but we're very specifically mm-hmm. focusing on him. And it's because yeah. I know who that is, and it's because it's the cartoon that I grew up on. It has nothing to right. do with anything else. Mm-hmm. And that just felt out of place yeah. to me. So that part right there, I will say on the other side of things, the whole... You know, this happens to all of us, Miles. Like this is like the destiny of of Spider-Man. Yeah. I think that that turns into the real conflict. Like the movie yes. starts off as the conflict is the spot. We're trying to figure out how to save the spot, and then the real conflict obviously turns into fighting your destiny, fighting like all these other Spider-Men have have gone through it, and they're okay, and that's just how the world works. But Miles wants to fight. Mm-hmm. Like what happens to Spider-Man, and I think the rules of being spider-man i think is an interesting interesting bad guy in a way like the real the real villain turns into that turns into destiny instead of spot yeah um and i think i think that's really awesome and i think that the transition into that as the the conflict and why it's miles against everybody else literally all the spider-man like racing after miles i think I think that's a, a, a fun and unique story, and I think made it so the movie didn't feel like it was two hours and 20 minutes. No, it did not. Yeah. I mean, and this is the longest am- American featured animation film of all time. Really? Yeah, by like that four minutes. That is a very fun fact. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel that long. It does feel like it takes a little bit to really get going, but I think that that yeah, makes sense because uh-huh. they're really starting from scratch to a certain degree in this one and mm-hmm. setting up mm-hmm. relationships for Gwen and stuff like that that very much pay uh-huh. off the way that yeah. she's also struggling with knowing that these canon events are going to happen eventually and everything. And if we don't have this right. relationship built up with her father, then that doesn't really matter to us. And the portrayal right. by uh-huh. Shay Wiggum is fantastic as Captain Stacy. And he really makes okay. us like that character. So it's the longest feature animated film in American. US history, you yeah. said? American, American. For being two hours and 20 minutes, is it an injustice that it ends on a to-be-continued? Since we're in spoiler zone here, like it just ends on a to-be-continued. Do you think they, they could have or should have wrapped up the story and, and given us that? and waited on a more of a concluded thing instead of the kind of the cheap out of to be continued? No, I think that it works really well because we've spent, it's very much a middle chapter. Like the movie spends so much time setting up conflict and building out the universe. And now the next one is what is going to happen? Like what's the fallout? Because Miles has made a critical decision. We've basically got like your, your play structure and this is the intermission you've gotten your character into the world you've explained who they are you've gotten them up a tree and now they have to get out of it and you got to figure out how do we write them out of this situation and i think that works really well for me like the same way that like i mean endgame ends not endgame infinity war ended with a hell of a cliffhanger of like like what what does captain america say at the end of that movie something like what do we do now like no, I think he just goes, oh my God. And like, that's the last thing that they say in yeah. that movie. And then it's like... Yeah, but cliffhanger, but not... That almost like concludes this, the story though. This yeah. this one, we're in the middle of the story. That one is like at least a clear cut of like, oh my God, this huge crazy thing happened and now we have to wait. This one, it felt much more to me as, as a like halfway through the sentence and actually I got to go do this thing real quick. I'll come back and I'll finish the story. Like... Yeah, I mean, it, it's not as calm of an ending as other even as Empire Strikes Back like you get well Lando's going off in Han's clothes and they're gonna go do their thing over there and we're gonna stand Mm. here and I've got a new hand and who knows what could happen next it's not Uh I am in the universe that my spider came from and the guy that was supposed to get the spider presumably has become the evil alternate version of what I could have been in my universe like that is a heavy, huge thing to process, 
but yeah. I think that it works fine. I really like the way that it ends. Hmm. I I think I, I think I agree with you. I think it's just interesting to me mm-hmm. that that the ends. I, I think I got done with it and it was to be continued. I was like, oh great, okay, I'm excited for the next one. Like, like this is I haven't I haven't seen a movie that feels like this in a while. Like it almost feels unique in a way in the fact yeah. that they chose that. Um, I can see why it's a polarizing thing. Um, but also it helps that the next movie comes out next spring. Yeah, they made them both at the same time. So it's not like we have to wait another five years, five, six years, you know? I think, yeah, I think it's next spring even. Yeah. I'll look it up. Yeah, I think I really like it. I think that that the way that it ends makes me more excited than like when I walked out of The Last Jedi, it was, you could call that a cliffhanger. Like they've got the whole fleet's been destroyed or whatever. And I walked out of that movie and I was like, they could end it here and I don't really care. Like, it seems like this could just be the ending. And Mm. that's bizarre to me because there's so much left unresolved. And this is not that way at all. Like there is so much conflict and so much interest here that's been set up that I cannot wait to see paid off. It comes out next March. That's so, I mean, that's soon. That's really soon. Yeah. Yeah, March 24th. That's less than a year. That's pretty crazy. The I really, really love the way that they kind of, I guess probably in a way, there's no way they had this thought out ahead of time, but they some kind of, this kind of retconned Miles' past in the way that his spider was from a different universe. And like that he was not ever supposed to become a Spider-Man, that that was a breaking of the canon in the first place. Like all mm. of these ways that they've made him retroactively so much more unique and so different like the reason that he struggled so much compared to these other versions of spider-man is because it was not supposed to happen this way according to whatever spider-man gods decided that things are supposed to happen whatever way and it it adds so much interesting context to the first movie where miles just stumbles upon the spider and stumbles upon peter fighting um the the uh the green goblin and stuff and i saw a really interesting clip where when they discover each other and peter gets his um spider sense it's red and blue on his side and when it cuts to miles spider sense it's purple and green and then slowly turns red and blue so it goes from prowler colors into miles spider-man colors no way so like and then with the context of universe 42 or whatever it is that the spider came from where miles has become the prowler which is not voiced by shameek Moore, by the way that's another guy i looked that up yeah it's a different actor um, entirely yes his name i just had it pulled miles up. g morales jerell uh, 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 jerome that's a great name perhaps i perhaps i mispronounced that but i think it's right yeah but it's like it's interesting the idea that that character sh- maybe it's that character i don't know but should have become spider-man and because that character didn't become spider-man there is not a spider-man in this universe at all and yeah. what is the fallout of that versus miles becomes spider-man and presumably part of him becoming spider-man is that the other one has to die because maybe there's a rule where there can only be one Spider-Man, so this other one is dead because of him. Or some like there's all kinds of interesting moral questions to wrestle with here. And like the idea that Miguel is trying to stop a canon event from not happening or something, if Miles is not from this universe or is his spider's not from this universe and he's a, an anomaly, then does that mean anything? Like, where mm. does that all go? I don't know. I'm really fascinated by it. I have so many so, questions. Yeah. <laughs> and only time will tell. Yeah. Only time will tell. We're at 57 um, minutes. Do you want me to go oh through my, my notes gosh. really, really fast? Uh, yeah, go. <clears throat> what else have we not talked about here? There's something weird about Miguel, and I don't know what it is, because I don't yes. think he's telling us everything. He's feasting on the blood of somebody. Dude, his weird, yes. vam- weird vampire vibes. So yeah, he's like, yeah. in the comics... He worked in the 2099 universe. It takes place in the year 2099. At the time, it was like Uh a potential future, essentially. And he (coughs) worked at Alchemax. And he was like a super smart scientist or something, and they were working on a gene mutator. They tested it on a guy, and the guy was killed. 
and he was like, I don't want any part of this. I'm getting out of here. His bosses get him addicted to a substance um, called like uh, rapture. And they're like, you have to stay now because we're the only people who can help you not have horrible withdrawals from rapture. Whoa. And then all this crazy stuff happens. And then he ends up getting the machine accidentally, not accidentally, but like forcibly used on him and mutated with spider DNA. And then that cures him of his addiction to rapture and it gives him his spider powers, but in a much more kind of terrifying and grotesque version. So he's got like, instead of Miles or Peter who has like just electrostatic sticking, um, mm -hmm. he's got actual claws that are retractable. And uh. he also has those fangs that you do see in the movie. So those are not a thing that are created for this. He does have those, but they're, and he did have like a substance addiction of some sort in the comics, but that went away when he got his powers. So he and it goes from there and and wasn't there a whole thing about him like he wasn't supposed to be Spider-Man either or something? Oh, he saved his family. Oh, that's right. Yes. He uh -huh. So the, his, his the version like of him in another universe died and was not Spider-Man in that universe or something. But that's why I don't think he's telling us everything because he's also like injecting something into himself and Miles even comments at times like what kind of weird Spider-Man are you because he has the claws and that's how he climbs and stuff like that and you see when they're trying to capture Vulture this very brief shot where he is silhouetted against the moon grabbing the Vulture and his fangs come out and it's like he's about to suck his blood or something. Right. And it's super bizarre. And that is not from the comics. And neither is him constantly injecting stuff seemingly to keep being Spider-Man. I don't know what that is. Fascinating. I'm really confused about it. And it's... I. It, if we have not gotten in these movies into the the like the totem mystical nature of the Spider-Man that the original mm -hmm. Spider-Verse stuff came out of, and the spider like the the mystical totem vampires that cross universes to eat these totem creatures, and then Spider-Man. Yes, that's a thing? yes, it's super it's super controversial. I like it quite a bit. But <laughs> Morlin, Morlin is this vampire, essentially, who is one of many who will travel across multiverses to take in the essence of these totem beings. And Spider-Men in different universes are the spider totems in the different universes. And we've not talked about them at all. So it seems like I don't know what's going on with this, whatever he was going to do there. Because no one else has talked about that. No one else seems to maybe know what's going on there. So I think maybe they're what? mixing in a little bit of Morlin with Miguel here. Because it, I think it would be smart of them not to bring up Morlin. Because if we're talking about the original comic book, the Spider-Verse saga, it's not nearly as good as these movies are. Like, the comic book versions of these things often pale in comparison. Except for in the MCU, where the comic is usually vastly better. But... <laughs> it's it's very interesting. The The comic is super convoluted and okay. The movies are very, very good, and they do much more interesting, unique things with these concepts, but I think keeping Moreland out of it and the other spider vampires, there's a name for it, the Inheritors, that's what they're called. I, I don't... I don't know. I think keeping them out of it is a good idea, but it seems like they might be putting a bit of that into Miguel with like mm. there's something about he has to keep injecting this stuff into him and what the heck was he going to do with Vulture there because we never come back to that and I'm certain wow. that he's not telling us everything about his backstory like right. there is something else there I don't know wow dude that's uh dude cut that part and put that at the beginning of the episode yeah. oh my gosh that's that's some that's some really fascinating backstory that I had no idea yeah that's that would make a lot of sense to combine the character in with something else though like to not make that yeah 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 huh. wow those comics are good and strange wow some people That's really cool. didn't like that they somewhat retconned spider-man to be a creature of destiny that he had to become ah. spider-man according to destiny and he was always destined to be bitten it's like no it was like an accident or a spider whatever but uh, that's also like that's totally what this movie that's how this movie that's works. what it's, it's wrestling destiny. with but is it destiny yes. because uh -huh. miles yeah. was it his destiny or was it totally an accident and whatever who yeah. knows uh -huh. Uh -huh. interesting wow. things hmm. cool wow all right anything else um long long episode today well long movie to get into i'll probably edit hey. a little bit down and 
Well, it'll be that a good makes one. sense. Cut some of our of our awkward awkward. It's it is it is totally different being remote from one another. It's uh, the conversation feel, flows a little less uh, yeah. naturally. And we had so. to talk about the baby. That's important. Oh, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to know. I think so. Too. I got a lot of text messages asking baby. what happened with the baby. <laughs> That's great. Oh my gosh. Say so that she's freaking awesome. I did say that. She's gonna be so cool. Oh good. Gonna said, be so cool. Freaking most freaking no she well, you're right, she's already cooler than That's I am. Right. So. Well that's not a Ugh. high bar. Um yeah, yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of Cinema Lounge Presents. Uh, we really enjoyed this movie. And, oh, really fast, if this, then that. Watch the other Spider-Verse movie. Watch previous Spider-Man movies. And if you really like animated superhero content, you should watch the DC Animated Universe, which is specifically like Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League. Really good stuff in there as well. It's probably the only animated stuff that I would say really holds up compared to this. Um, but it's... I really love this movie. Easiest yes I've ever given, probably to Dude, anything on the show. It's 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 the longer I've sat and thought about it and talked to other people about it that haven't seen it, I just keep recommending it higher and higher. Mm-hmm. In fact, I went back and changed my rating on Letterboxd. I made it better really? than Yeah. Yep. I was like, you know what? It's better than I said it was. You gotta send me your letterbox. I, I don't think longer. I follow you. What? Okay. Um, anyway, that's the show, people. Uh, get ready. This is a crazy summer. Lots of good stuff. Movies, summer movies are back, baby. This is the year. That's right. That summer movies are back. We got so Oppenheimer many. coming up. We got Barbie. We've got uh, Flash, um, Indiana Jones, Flash. Oppenheimer, Barbie, uh, TMNT. Um, a lot of stuff coming out this summer. We're going to try to cover most of it, if not all of it, on the show. So check it out, everyone. Ooh. I think next episode of the show, next full size lounge, is going to be Blade Runner and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So, so check good. that out in a couple weeks or in a week, I guess. Uh, we'll see. I don't know that we're going to keep uh, maintaining every other episode or if we're just going to go when things release. That's when we do things. It could be presents mm. is when we insert when we need to. I don't know. That'll give us more time and opportunity to spend more focus and research on the full size episodes. So For sure. we'll see what mm. that looks like. I'm kind of, especially with um, us having to kind of rearrange the way that we do this a little bit, I'm kind of considering how we put that together but yeah thanks everyone for listening and uh check out our previous episodes check out other spider-man episodes me and connor talked about uh no way home forever ago i don't think we ever talked about spider-verse on this show i don't think that it was out at the time i think it had already come out when we did our first episode uh on uh, star wars or whatever it was um (laughs) but yeah i mean check out other we got the dark knight series that we talked about other superhero episodes recommend the show to your friends if you like it or if you don't like it recommend it to them anyway just to pull a prank on them uh, listen to this cr- yeah, show that's really good uh, yeah, I did air quotes because you think it's bad but I think it's good and uh, social medias all the links to the social medias are in the uh, the description the discord the Instagram the so on and so forth and that's all thanks everyone for listening and see you next time I've been Marshall I've been, been.